Let's get ready to grumble! It is now time for the Royal Grumble. I am your host, Graham, and not sitting in the corner to my left because he's banned after his comments from last week is Daryl. You're not here, Daryl, and you're banned until next week when you're frank- frankly allowed to come back, so that's fine. Sitting in the corner to my right is Dan. Hi. Hello, you're allowed here for some reason, even though you participated in this. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know why? Because I make the rules, that's why. And nothing to do with where our studio is based. Nothing, all. nothing, no. nothing to do with any, any of that, any of that at all. Right, <laughs> let's get this fresh off the, fresh off the, fresh off the pot. People yeah. say fresh off the pot. Is that a thing? Well, fresh out of the oven. Yeah. Baked Japanese goodness <laughs> on the Royal Grumble. Japanese green tea cakes. Yes, ja- <laughs> baked G1 Japanese tea cake. No, that doesn't... <laughs> Just, just speak about the G1. It The B-Block final finished literally 10 minutes ago. Fill in your wall chart. It is filled in. Yeah. Not yours. Oh, mine, no. Not, not yours. The pe- listeners. Pe- the listeners. Yeah. That's who we love. And probably about two hours after this episode's released, I might put together a very quick 10, 15 minute G1 final thing after I've watched it, because I'll be watching that live tomorrow as well. Probably not a bad idea. So the big matches that have happened in the past week, I'll quickly go through. It's Ibushi versus Omega. Yeah. Did you see the photo of Omega after the match? No. Ibushi pretty much knocked his lip off his face. That's painful. Yeah, he had like blood just like gooping out of his mouth. I saw them sitting thing. next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, took a bit of a toll that one. Ishii got the win over the IWGP champion for the second G1 in three years. Yeah. And I'm guessing this time he will challenge the champion. The other person to get a win before the final day over <laughs> Kenny Omega was Toriano. Right. Now, <laughs> let's address this here. All I'm saying, mate, right? Who came to Doncaster? <laughs> Toriano and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Who's had the best weeks of their career for a while? Toriano, Hiroshi, Tanahashi. So, I mean, it's the Donny Glow. <laughs> There's a big asterisk on Toriano beating Omega. Not the point, in mate. In terms of the fact that... Um, it was almost like a Money in the Bank cash-in to start with. Not the point. <laughs> the uh, Bullet Club OGs attacked Omega before the match. Uh, attacked Ibushi before the match. Omega tried to make the save. They attacked him. And then Yano came out and tried to get the match started as quick as possible to pin him. Um, the match went a little while. And then the Bullet Club OGs interfered again, costing Omega the match. So who won? Toriano. There you go. Toriano pinned the IWGP. What go, how many points go on, go on the wall chart for Toriano <laughs> versus Kenny Omega? Two. There you go. See? <laughs> So, yes, uh, Yano. On to the final two days. Um, the big thing in the A block, Jay White lost to Evil on the final day, knocking him out of competition finally. <laughs> and then we got another classic between Tanahashi and Okada. A 30-minute time limit draw for the third time in their career. In, in They've had three G1 matches. All three have gone time limit draws. Love it. Tanahashi hit the high fly flow, uh, high fly flow got a two count, and tried to jump up to get it again but sadly did not get the free count in time, um, but still goes through on the draw because he had 13 points. Yeah, he goes 15. through the away goals rule. Yeah, 15 points Tanahashi went through on. Um, Okada left kind of beaten and broken, and his story will continue, I'm sure. Um, now, interesting thing about that, you mentioned that Tanahashi won on 15 points. Yeah. 
Okada had more points than the winner of the B block. Yeah, he did. So there you go. <laughs> it was one of those. It's like yep. I found out this week that um, Sheffield Wednesday got relegated on the highest points for what? the Premier League. Oh, uh, did we really? Yeah. Oh, that's a really. I thought West. Ham... Oh no, sorry, not no. in the Premier League. It's in in the top flight. Right. It was because West Ham season. were forty-two a couple of years back, and yeah, they went down. The 1990 season, Sheffield Wednesday got relegated on the most points from the top division. Splendid. So that's Okada is. We've got that with him. That's what Okada <laughs> is. The Sheffield Wednesday of the A block of the G128 in 2018. He also can't afford any new Chaos members. Exactly. So there you go. He's uh, he's on a Chaos embargo. <laughs> he, he had a, he had a bad transfer with JY, yep. and then he's having to live with it. Yeah. Um, onto the B block, which has just finished the big two final matches. Oh, first off, is Jay White there? Jordan Rhodes? Is that what's going on? He's a big name. He like he come in, but he didn't really sort of. I don't know, because he is doing the job, but he's not necessarily doing it for the club. Ah, uh, it's he's a weird one. He's more like a uh, I can't really think of the best person to put him with. Yeah, uh, this analogy loses it at this point. Modu Sogu, I don't know. Let's just <laughs> come on. I've scored Sheffield Wednesday players from aside. Let's carry on with the G one. So, um, the B block, the Bullet Club OGs were told that they were not allowed to interfere in any matches. If they did, they would get a free month suspension and a fine. That didn't stop them trying to interfere in uh, Tamatonga's match. Um, eventually, they were all kicked out of the building by the by the CEO of the company. Well, Tamatonga tweeted and said, I- "I'd look forward to a three month vacation." Yeah, they all tweeted like pictures of themselves photoshopped onto desert islands and yeah. stuff. Really happy with it. So uh, we'll see where that goes tomorrow on the G1 final day. Because the big thing about the G1 finals isn't just the the actual final matches. We always get the setup for everything for the rest of the year. Yeah. So it's a big, big show. It's basically the lead up to how things are going to roll on into Wrestle Kingdom as it yeah. sort of moves forward. So uh, the f- the big matches that matter are Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. If Naito won, he needed... If Naito won, that would eliminate Ibushi. So then, he, if Ibushi beat if Ibushi uh, Ibushi beats Omega, Naito goes through. However, Zack Saber Junior. The G one might not be coming home. No, but he did what England couldn't in winning the third fourth place playoff. Be- <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a good analogy. I quite like that. Yeah, that's he beat Naito with with the Zack driver. Excellent. Which is which was given to him by Taka Michinoku. It's right. the Michinoku driver. However, the way Zack does it is he keep, he seems to keep his opponent as far away from his body as possible to make sure they land right on their head. It was sick. That sounds about right for Zack. It was the second most sickening head bump in the match. The other one was Zack taking a DDT from Naito and somehow landing completely upright in a like limp position while upright on his head. It's it looks awful. It's He's sickening. an odd sort, isn't he, Zach? He, it, he, he, he does bump. things differently. <laughs> that's 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 what we can agree on. He does love a head bump. Yeah. So Naito was eliminated, leaving the Golden Lovers collision as the... Now, you decider. said earlier on, you said heart says Ibushi, head says Naito. Take that, Naito, your head, <laughs> your burke. Take that, Naito. See, I, I was hoping for the Zach Sabre Jr. little eye gesture. Surely it's got to be... Right, sorry to interrupt again. Surely it's got to be... Naito's got to be getting that title back from Jericho then, hasn't he? It's got to be that. I'm not sure. No? The prediction going around at the moment is Wrestle Kingdom will be Okada versus Jericho for the title. Oh. Because is that... Jericho not in a title match would be strange. Oh, well, Jericho... <laughs> like, will... Not Jericho, um, Okada not in a title well, match. Well, I'm going to say Jericho definitely has to be in a title match. You would have well, to assume the way it's when he looking, gets off his cruise. Yeah, the way it's looking at the moment, this is going to be the first Wrestle Kingdom in like four or five years with Okada not in the main event. Yeah. 
The last time he wasn't in the main event was a title match, was against Naito when the fans voted Tanahashi versus Nakamura as the main event. Yes, I I recall. (laughs) So um, that left the main event of Ibushi Omega, and it was something. Um, They... So long ago, they said that they never wanted to wrestle each other again because they were afraid they'd, try, they'd probably kill each other. They came very close. Yeah. Yeah, there was some... I mean, it's as close as they could come without, like, fireworks, really, isn't it? Yeah, the the thing that led to the finish was Kenny Omega tried to hit a one-winged angel from the top. Um, Ibushi got out, kicked Kenny on the, in the back of the head on the top rope, so he leant down, stood on his back, and then jumped up and hit a double stomp right on the back of his head. Mm-hmm. And then picked him up and hit the Kamigoya for the win. Delicious. Yeah, um, it was an absolutely stunning match. And both of the like block final matches were both just absolutely out of this world. And we get a final tomorrow of Ibushi versus Tanahashi. So the question comes back then, right? At this point, because as we've said already, we're recording this shortly after the B block concluded. Do they go the whole hog with Ibushi? I think so. I think so too, but I don't remember there being a significant Tanahashi versus Omega match any time recently. Um, I mean, they, we're talking years ago now, aren't we? Omega's first heavyweight match yes. was Tanahashi. And how for long? The but I mean, title. how long ago was that? that well, was, that was after Wrestle Kingdom ten. Exactly. We're talking. Is that four years? Five? Three years ago. I think. Three, I, I know it's a while ago, at least. Anyway, it, it was. I was going to say like. I, I I knew of that, and then I was racking my brains because obviously I don't know New Japan nearly as well as you do. I was yeah. like, I, I don't remember them doing that. So I wonder whether there's an element of, oh well, you haven't you haven't proved anything until you've beaten the ace, or you know, yeah. I'm I'm trying to sort of take my own interpretation. Maybe I'm miles off here. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a toss up depending on how they want to do things. Whether this is Tanahashi's last big run leading to Wrestle Kingdom or whether we do the Golden Lovers one more time at Wrestle Kingdom, or whether... Either way, it's going to be a decent match, assuming <laughs> yeah. that Omega retains the t- title until then, of course. Yeah, I mean, out of the people... Because the tradition is Omega will defend against the people who defeated him. Yes, yeah, so, so obviously Yano will win the title. <laughs> I think we'll get Yano at Tanahashi <laughs> and be the IWGP heavyweight champion of the globe. <laughs> he wins the IWGP title by roll-up and <laughs> low-blow roll-up yep. and does that to Tanahashi. Yep. Does that five minutes into the main I event. will buy New Japan World <laughs> <laughs> for a year, for several years. So yeah, I, I will do a 10-15 minute up G1 finale thing tomorrow to upload midday yeah so look for it shortly after this yeah once you finish this go back and check if it's up it should be on spotify yes spotify <laughs> baby cha-ching yeah we're not making any money but the point is it's we're, on not, spotify. we're not making any money and technically we're more restricted in what we can do but but we so we can't <laughs> say it like we're even worse now than we were before you put i've just noticed on your on your uh on your wall chart, you put a little X for the draw. I don't like that. You should have you should have put the word draw like I did. I wrote everyone's name in. Technically, it's one point, so I could have just put a one. You could have. Well, that's what I did. I, as I well. did the X straight away to show tie. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put on our Twitter. I'll put a picture of my wall chart, and then you can put a picture of yours. Also, the bit where this morning I realised that I instantly assumed that Yano would um, beat Ibushi. I think, and I had to change it. Ah. Yeah, I put Yano. I think I put Yano as beating Ibushi, or <laughs> oh, the other way around. Yeah, it, it was a long time ago, and I had to change that round. Yeah. But yeah, it was. It. I don't know if it was as good as maybe last year's G One, 
Yeah. But it was still absolutely excellent, and the G1 can't be beaten in terms of quality. Very good. Well, relating to the idea of G1, let's bring on, bring that forward like a proper link or to the G1 Supercard. G1 Ring, Supercard. Yeah, the Ring of Honor New Japan G1 Supercard taking place at Madison Square Garden. Sold out. Yeah, they've done something that WB haven't managed in six years yep. when they've put Ronda Rousey and The Undertaker on the cards. <laughs> Remember when Dave Meltzer was like, oh, Ring of Honor won't be selling out a, a, a show anytime soon. And then Cody Rhodes was like, yes, they will. I'll do a show that's not Ring of Honor. Well, now they actually have. So suck on that, Meltzer. <laughs> you nerd. Yeah. Um, completely sold out show. And I mean, it, it is helped by the fact that it's Madison Square Garden and it's WrestleMania weekend. Daryl's a little bit gutted, though, isn't he? Because it's the same time. Well, as the he's got day. tickets, right? He tweet. You'll have seen his tweets during the week. He's got tickets, but he was hoping for big names. Now they've sold out. Do they need to get the big names? So that's the that's the question. Well, considering the poster is Marty Skrull and Okada, I'd assume it's at least those two. Right. And cool. I mean, we had Omega. We had Okada on the on the Strong Style Evolved UK poster straight away. So like as soon as yes. tickets went on sale. So next to not Tanahashi and not Omega and all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to be that guy, but um, I mean, it's fantastic. I'm really delighted for a Ring of Honor. Really fantastic news. Um, I saw this argument going on during the week, whether this is this the biggest sort of step that any other company other than WWE has taken, uh, you know, since WCW folded. And I saw someone argue, well, no, Hogan going to TNA and then moving to Monday Nights was the biggest step. I, I contest that. And I'll tell you for why. Right, I think arguably in terms of what it could have meant for longevity, the whole TNA Monday Night thing would be a bit bigger. But no one's walked into WWE's home territory yeah. <laughs> and sold out one of their buildings in a long. I mean, I guess you could say All In did it, but like literally, this is this is pr- this is the home. This is the hub. Yeah, like All In's one thing, and that's at the Sears Center in Chicago. Yeah, this is. Madison Square Garden. I always go back to that quote from Vincent J. McMahon, the garden will always be the garden. Yeah. Except, no, it won't, because it's somebody else's garden now, baby. <laughs> well, it's WWE's fault for going, well, we want to even run the Barclays Arena. Is it the Barclays? Right. Yeah. Can, I'll defend the Barclays Centre, because it is a nice place to go, and it's, it's, plus it's very, you know, eco-friendly. They've got, like, plants growing on it, so, you know, don't have a go at them. But, at the same time, it's WWE not prioritize are not holding on to that idea of madison square garden and i think they maybe now have downplayed how important that is but i don't care because look at this we've got a massive <laughs> event going on at madison square garden it's sold out already yeah it's it's crazy next stop stadiums <laughs> what's the there's there well, they, they did the, they've done stadiums before what's the soccer yeah all right well baseball stadiums exactly yeah yeah uh, quarter foot not even quarter that, full that baseball was, stadiums tna no, Ring of Honor's done it as well. Did they? Yeah, with God. New Japan guys on the show too. Oh. Because I think they did... Uh, the reason I remember it is because it was when Shibata had the Never title and they did Shibata versus Bobby Fish non-title and Bobby Fish beat him, which led to a title match in New Japan. The one which had Good. also had a sickening headbutt. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. Yes, I do remember that, actually. Ooh. Yeah. God. Oh. Um. <laughs> yeah, that worked out well for everyone involved. Uh, yeah. How's Bobby Fish these days, by the way? It's not his head that's the issue. No, that is true. Yeah, that is yeah. true. It's not his head. Uh, God. Yeah, both of them are on the injured list. And by injured, I mean one of them's retired forever. I think he might show up Oh, tomorrow. 
I hope he doesn't. He showed up one year ago yesterday, uh, one year ago tomorrow. Yes, he did. To make that I'm alive speech. You don't think he's going to come out and say I'm back, do well, you? Well, that was the thing I didn't mention. Right. Uh, Honma was on the pre, on the like, tag oh, match Oh, that's part. great. And, I mean, he looked a bit blown up again and stuff, but he looked better than his return match. And yeah. it was really great to see the reaction. Back in the day, like, I always worried about Honma because he uses his head a lot and you just knew that something like this was coming at times. Mm. But it was really nice to see him back and he was really emotional after the match and everything. It was, it was really great to see. Yeah, good for Honma. That's yeah. good. And I, I just feel like Shibata won't give up. <laughs> Which, yeah. to his detriment, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, yeah. He won't give up, but he also might not walk again if he doesn't give up. That's Walking's the least of his issues. Well, okay. Considering what the injury was. Well, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> physically be able to talk and feel things then. yeah anyway Sp- speaking of i'm trying to think of a link that works to on, what gonna i'm going to complain about go on speaking of loud things clanging and banging like shabata's head don't you know, know where you got work. that from but go on world of sport right let's, let's talk about world of sport let's talk about week two of world of sport so yeah. british wrestling still on itv they haven't cancelled it after a week so we'll take that now so my thoughts on the show the production was very slightly better, but still terrible. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I've, I realise what the issue I have with the camera work is, apart from all the cuts. Yep. It's, they're missing the impact of moves. Right, okay. So me, okay. one of the best examples was Viper does the cannonball into the corner, and they the camera angle they chose... Only like it didn't really show the impact. It only showed uh-huh. like it was zoomed in almost on Kaylee Ray's shoulder, so you kind of saw Viper coming to frame and hit her. Yeah, but they did a lot of that. Where I don't know whether it was to cover for stuff or which I doubt with those two especially because they're both so crispy good at what they do. Yeah, and especially considering the power bomb well, Viper hit I mean, on the outside I, as well. Um, can I be? Can we? I don't think Viper's particularly crisp at what she does. I think she's quite good at what she does in terms of her character and stuff. I don't think she's the crispest, to be oh. complete. If you wanted to, like... Well, she's supposed to be like a bruiser, isn't she? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. She doesn't need to be. It's, she's not a technician. Yeah, but, but I yeah. feel like with the way they cut things and the way they zoom in on certain things and stuff, it's almost like they're trying to take impact away from the moves on purpose. And I feel like it might be a decision where they're like, okay, we don't want, like... We don't, want, think... we don't want strong style on ITV well, thing. It's done on purpose because it's a family you audience. It. I did specifically notice there was one point where uh, I can't remember who it was. I can't remember. It was, uh, someone was flying towards a ladder anyway, and they did the old SmackDown at 10 o'clock on the Sky 1 yeah. cut to the crowd. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if there is an element of that as well, where, you know, they don't. It's not so much that they don't want to show the impact, but they don't want to give you the idea of the pain i don't know it's a tricky one isn't I mean, it the only other thing on production i would say is they really need to work on the sound mixing because uh during rampage versus joe hendry juice was like banging on the ring apron yeah. and because the mic the ring mic is so loud because secrets of wrestling exposed there's a mic underneath the ring to him there's a white like, there's a what yeah who is this mic and why is he underneath <laughs> my ring he's, he's related to hornswoggle they live there oh uh, okay. flat mate oh um <laughs> hornswoggle we'll but um is there to make the ring sound bigger and like louder and everything and yeah. juice just lightly tapping on the ring apron made it sound like yokozuna just hit the bonsai boom, drop in the boom, corner. Boom, boom. So maybe turn it down in the mix a little bit yep the, the positive i will say about this show robbie x was great 
Yeah, do you Robbie know was absolutely great. It only really sort of dawned on me, like seeing him <laughs> on the telly. I was like, "Ah, oh, Blair, he's yeah. him," you know. And the fact that like he looked a star in it. He looked pretty good. Yeah, like, yeah. in that match, he, he stood out quite a bit in it. Yeah. Like line out looked good as well. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Um. So yeah, well, did he though? But then they did that thing where Still it was had like his own face, really so. vague about what Gabriel Kidd won in the in the briefcase. He won the contract for the match. The match contract briefcase match. Yeah. But she took the contract out of the briefcase for the match. I mean, surely there's a thought of why am I fighting so hard when I don't know what I'm fighting for? The match contract. But, but anyway, the big positive I'll take out of this show, but then became kind of a negative, was Joe Hendry is built for this show. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. Joe Hendry's like. As much like recently, I've been a little down on him a bit. Like the stick was getting a bit old for me, but seeing him in that arena, he's perfect for it. Like he should be the guy over Grado. Like, I, and I like Grado, but Joe Hendry should be like the proper guy. Grado's the Grado's the Mick Foley. Joe Hendry's the Rock. I know it's a, not the best analogy to use, <laughs> considering the name. It's sacrilege almost to say those names in those contexts. Right. But it's that sort of dynamic that should be happening. Do you know Mick Foley hasn't been back to WWE since those allegations came out against him? Someone pointed that out to me about which an hour allegations. Ago. The, there was a woman who said Mick Foley did a bad thing to her. Oh, and I, she, I, 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 yeah. I, I'd forgotten about it, but I remember reading something vague about it. And she has his tights now. <laughs> the reason I just sort of reacted to it is someone else. Well, someone wrote Mick. Mick Foley doesn't give out farts unless you pay him, so <laughs> why would she have his tights? And I was like, okay. I'd not really thought about that. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, um, it just happened that you mentioned but Mick Foley. That was the no, big I get positive. the analogy. That was the big positive. The slight negative is they kind of killed him. Well, <laughs> a little having, bit, yeah. <laughs> by having Rampage just beat him. Well, no. CJ Banks interfered. Let's be mm. fair. Not Martin Kirby, who he's having a match with next week, interfered, you know, which yeah. would have built towards that. But it's all very odd, isn't it? Yeah. I, I don't dislike it, but it's like you said last week, it's not for you. Yeah. I don't think it's for me either, which worries me a little bit. Yeah, because I'm a lot more casual than you are. On the wrestling fan spectrum, and that, it is a spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're all on a spectrum, really, aren't yeah. we? Let's be honest. We're all on some form of a spectrum. It's... Uh, you're you're more leaning towards the you know family friendly boo the heels yeah or, or boo the heels type thing, whereas I'm like smack him harder. <laughs> um, <laughs> Volta. <laughs> you know what? I was almost wearing the the ring cam shorts and the water shirt today, you and I thought it was both. overkill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't wear went, both. You've gone for the macho man. madness. Yeah. It's good, right? Um, Purple macho <laughs> madness. So yeah, um, I'm kind of enjoying World of Sport. I thought it was a good m- move making the women's match the. Um, for it's women's the main event, match. Yep. yeah, the main event. Um, That's two this week, but we'll get back to that in a moment. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, um, I will keep watching. Let's, it. Yeah, let's link through then. So, women's match main event. There's a women's match as the main event. A raw, won it? Yeah, booyah! Did it all, all, all there. We've got more to talk about with women in raw with uh, th- tomorrow night's raw as well. But so Ronda Rousey made her raw debut against Alicia Fox. Who we'll be talking about more later on, by the way. Yeah, Great American Bash cover. We promised we would do it last week. We're doing our Great American Bash 2008 recap today. But yeah, Ronda Rousey lobbed Alicia Fox, Alicia Fox, sorry, Dundee, um, <laughs> around a little bit and won her match. Still looks like a star. 
unfortunately had to sell some brief moments of terrible offense from Alicia Fox, but yeah, it's all leading to her having a feud with Natalia, so that'll be great. Yeah, I'm kind of glad Alicia Fox had a job for so long, but at the same time... You really allow me to say it's all leading her to have a feud with Natalia, so that'll be great. <laughs> You're allowing me to say the Natalia feud will be great. Yeah. It won't be bad, but like... I know you didn't actually manage to catch the end of Raw, basically. Um, Alexa Bliss was out, um, and she tried to have a go at Ronda whilst Ronda was uh, knocking Alicia out. So then Natalia stopped her from knocking her around, and then they celebrated at the end. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, all friendships in wrestling end happily, so I can't see how this could be wrong. Especially ones between women. Exactly. Because WWE knows how to book their women. Evolution. I will say, Ronda still looks great, so they're doing all right. Like for as many mm. possible missteps so far, she's sort of treading over the cracks in the pavement. She's doing well. It's because they're paying her enough to make sure that they don't mess it up. Are they though? <laughs> like, I know they're paying her enough, but they still haven't always made sure that they haven't messed it up. That's all I'll say. I mean, they've really tried hard to mess Brock up, but it's not working. Well, yeah. Although I don't know, I don't know if they're actually able to. Like, yeah, you, you sort of can't. You it, know, it's more like they're just basically making him him. Yeah. Brock Lesnar is now allowed to be Brock Lesnar. Speaking of which, Paul Heyman, by the way, uh, if we want to talk about acting in wrestling, right? Paul Heyman did a fantastic interview with Renee Young this week where he was in tears, like red eyes. And, I mean, this is the most devastating thing about it, right? This is upsetting because at the end of the interview, right, so at the end of the interview, she's like, so do you think, who do you think is going to win between Roman and Brock? And he was like, I've seen I've known Brock Lesnar for over ten years and I've never seen him like this. What makes you think that Roman Reigns has got a chance? Then on the WWE.com version or the YouTube version, Dastardly Haven, he comes out and goes, "Unless Roman, Re- no." And then he walks off. All right, and, and and Renee's like, "Unless he what? What were you going to say? Finish your thought." And he's like, "The interview's over. Bye. See you later." <laughs> Don't tease me a Roman Reigns and Brock... Sorry, don't tease me a Roman Reigns heel turn with Paul Heyman. Because it's not going to happen. Don't do it. You know what? You know why I was going to do it? How? A pin. What? I don't understand. Because you know how Brock gets all like crazy red and looks like he's about to explode? Oh, he's going to pop. It's going to be like a cartoon. He's just going to go pop. Oh, I thought you meant like one, two, three pin. Not like literally going to prick him with a like... Yeah. From... A no, no. Pin. No, no. A hat pin. Um, front six row, splash zone. Oh. <laughs> now what will really happen it'll be like the Meg but without Jason Statham oh, God. is that two weeks in a row we've mentioned the Meg <laughs> I, are we I have no intention of going to watch it are but... we promoting the Meg because if we are that's fine but I just you want know, to know we need some dead eyed advertising on here don't we like other podcasts hey go to Squarespace or any other website hey, like we do believe you, that we're not up there do you like sharks then come <laughs> and see the Meg do you like sharks it's do you like the one mega. from Jaws imagine if it was bigger yeah, but imagine if Jason Statham was in a wetsuit trying to fight it. Jason Statham. Actually, I think I've sold the movie to myself. Yeah, I think but... you have. Yeah, you're going <laughs> now. No, uh, you know how it all turn out, don't you? Like Roman will beat Brock. I thought you meant the Meg. Like, I can imagine. Oh, not that. that. No, I think we know how that'll turn out. It would be Jason Statham punches punches a shark in the face. <laughs> Roman will beat Brock, and then obviously Braun will come and cash in, and somehow Heyman will be involved with that, and they'll yeah. put Heyman with Braun to make him a heel again. <laughs> Instead of the opposite, which would be way better. Like I saw, <laughs> I saw someone say this week. Like um, again, just various things on Twitter and other places. 
um, the the best way to possibly get Roman Reigns cheered would be to turn him heel, which I've seen mentioned before. And they were like, but then I don't think WWE would be happy with that. And then someone else replied and said, so you think WWE would be upset that they'd managed to make Roman Reigns cheered? I don't see that happening somehow. I don't see it happening anyway, but it'd be an interesting way to get Roman's or faces to turn him heel. It's often been postulated about John Cena as well, that, that idea that if you turn him heel, that'll make him the biggest face that he's ever been. Yeah. Might work. They've tried everything else. Did you see the picture of Cena from this week? I did. He's starting to like Ernest, but jacked. I saw, yes, Ernest goes to the gym. Yes. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's quite accurate. He's teasing a sixth move of doom for a show in China. Ah. Yes. I started watching Total Bellas. I'm, I'm trying to catch up on it because I haven't watched any of this season. I've only watched maybe two, definitely just... Definitely at least one. What ended I, on the second... The end of the second one, I think, is where Nikki says to John that she doesn't think she can go through with it. Then I haven't watched the second one. Okay. <laughs> but you know that was coming. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, obviously I knew it was on its way. Yeah. Then, yeah. In which case, I must have only watched one episode. But yeah, I, was, I was just annoyed at Daniel Bryan for taking his little girl swimming without his mum there. Without her mum there. I was, I was mad at her. I was mad at him for that. Because, like... When little Mo went swimming for the first time, I had we had to wait till summer so that I was there. If my wife had taken him swimming without me there, I'd have been mad. So I completely agree with uh, with Bree. So hmm. get get your stuff together, Daniel Bryan. Here's, here's a thought I had about the show. The Miz match, by the way, is booked. Oh, cool. Booked for SummerSlam. So the um, the last thought I've got on Total Bellas. Right. Do you not find it weird? Would you name yes a clothes <laughs> <laughs> if you were to run an underwear company? Yep. Would you name it after your firstborn child? Uh, no. Would well, you, would you I want... don't think Mo Farouk underwear would sell very well. <laughs> Just, you know, she she's selling... might sell to a specific clientele. She's selling underwear with her firstborn daughter's name on it. I do think it. it's a bit odd, to it's be honest. It's a bit weird, yeah. especially when it's like all like see-through sexy stuff. Well, like, I didn't realise it was underwear until this season. I just thought it was a general company that they were opening. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bit odd, isn't it? It is a bit odd, Yeah. But yeah, that's Very that's strange. my total Bella's fault. So you talked <laughs> about John Cena and Nikki Bella. Maybe there's going to be a divide between those lovers. Speaking of lovers who have had a divide, and that's been the theme of the show with well, the Golden it, it Lovers. It really has. And... We had the Golden Lovers, but they're they're okay. Hmm. We had John Cena and Nikki Bella. We've gone back to that now. Daniel Bryan and the Miz. They used to be together. Now they're apart. Brock and Paul Heyman. Brock and Paul Heyman, exactly. And now Colt Cabana and CM Punk. Oh dear. How is it possible to be friends with CM Punk? Just a question. <laughs> Yeah, it's... It's a real struggle for I mean, anyone. So, the justification I could think in my head for why this is happening... So, just to be clear, Colt Cabana is suing CM Punk for his legal fees in yeah. the court case. So We theorised a while ago that they weren't mates anymore. And so, it turns out we were right. Hit the alarm. Have we got the alarm? We left the alarm. We'll do that. So, the thing I was thinking about with this is... Originally, Colt Cabana and CM Punk were supposed to have the same legal representation. Yes. But Colt Cabana pulled away from it. And that's when CM Punk said, well, you've still got to pay half the legal fees with me. Because he's pulled no, out of it. Now, unless I've misread something, that's not completely accurate. What I've read is that uh, they got the letter from a man. Hmm. Colt was like, oh, I might just do what oh. he says. Punk was like, "No, we're gonna take, we're gonna go back at him. You're covered. I'll cover you." Hmm. Then partway through that coverage, Punk goes, "Yeah, this is costing me too much. Uh, I'm not covering you anymore." Colt goes, "Right, well, in that case, then 
and so it's because of that that Colt goes, okay. well, in that case, then I'll make a deal. See, I thought it was kind of because the differences in their cases, rather than having a united front, CM Punk's case was all about proving that the things he said weren't, like, that it didn't have any effect on Dr. Aman. Whereas Colt Cabana's whole case was built around the fact that I just interviewed him and you'd be setting a terrible precedent if you were to prosecute me along with Punk. I think there could be an element of that, but... And uh, say if, like, if on Royal Rumble, like, Daryl says something, which is highly, like, possible in Mate, the if Daryl says something, he's on his own and yeah, he knows but that. Yeah, but then <laughs> all three of us getting sued, but yeah. then me and you say, well, we were sat there and we tried to, like, Stop move him. the conversation away, so we shouldn't be involved in this. I'm sure Daryl would feel a bit aggrieved that we didn't back him up yes. as a unit. So I can kind of understand CM Punk in this a little bit, but suing and as right, well, CM like, Punk suing your mu- mate is yeah, a bit... <laughs> right, CM Punk is a multi-millionaire. Now, I know the argument you can make back is that, oh, well, why does that mean that he should have to pay? He said he would pay, right? This is my understanding of the situation. Might be dead wrong. Something might come out, but he said he would pay. He wanted to carry... Because basically, like from what I read, basically, Colt would have said, even though I didn't necessarily agree with it, I would have uh, just folded. He would basically mm-hmm. have folded and said, right, okay, I'll do what you need to do to get himself out of the legal situation. Punk was the one who went, no, we're going to fight this and I'll cover you. Then Punk goes, cost me too much, you owe half of this. Colt goes, right, well, I'm going to make a deal. Punk goes, right, even though I don't like the fact that I'm having to pay for you, I'll still pay for you. Mm-hmm. Because like that was another thing. They also, that was around to related to what you said that Colt said, oh, well, I'll seek cheaper representation. Yeah. And they were like, well, it might... Uh, basically, they were worried that if they seek cheaper representation, that lawyer might go, well, why are you doing a deal with your mate? Why don't you just go to him and do a deal? So they agreed to carry on, agreed to carry on. Mm. And then they decided, no, we're not carrying on anymore. Uh, I'm not paying for you. You do what you want to do. And then Colt got the other lawyer. He carried on, they won. And now Colt's suing, suing Pump for the legal costs. But also for me, for one million dollars. Yeah. See, that's the bit that really gets me. And I don't completely understand. I right. wonder if there's something about it though, because here's my. Th- I don't know how the American legal mm. system works. But what I wondered about it was, if they say, um, "I just want the legal costs," and then a judge goes, "Right, well, I can't award you the full amount, but I can award you half." That doesn't mm. cover his legal costs. So I don't know if that's why there's a something on top. But it did make me laugh that it was one yeah. million dollars. I mean, the thing that's kind of like set me off with it as well is I listened to all the Art of Wrestling podcasts around the trial and Colt Cabana came across on that as like really disheartened and everything. And I'm sure it wasn't. I, I like to think it wasn't this, but it kind of feels like it might have been a bit of an act because he knew this was going to happen. And yeah, I've got I a bit of a feeling of that and I don't want to have that feeling. He it's probably just... did know this was going to happen though. Yeah. Like, I am not surprised that this happened. No, how many, how many people have you seen? Now it's just a, and it's a shame that it's that it was obviously friends for so long. But like, how many people have you seen? Oh yeah, I'm not friends with CM Punk anymore because of this. There was that um, reporter that used to be his mate, hmm. and then he fell out with her because AJ fell out with her. There was. Corey Graves, Hornswoggle's the uh, one I always remember. Right. That um, so Hornswoggle was introduced to I don't know who the guy was. He doesn't say, it, but it, like a medium-sized celebrity guy. CM Punk introduced them to Hornswoggle. Okay. Hornswoggle got the guy's phone number from him directly, 
but then later he changed phones and lost it. So asked CM Punk for the phone number, and CM Punk took that as, "Oh, you're using me for my friends. I'm not talking to you anymore." He's just, I, and I kind I, I understand that logic a little bit, considering all the stuff he's been through with, um, all the stuff with his parents and everything. So his parents tried to sue him as soon as he got some money. Really? And, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> this like guy's well, he's stuck in litigation. Yeah, it, well, his parents didn't want to, to do with him. That's why he got brought up by the other family. What? And then he tried. Wait, who? Punk. What? Do you not know all this backstory? Right, like, I've literally you know watched his, you know his documentary you know and his I didn't sisters. know this. Okay, they're not, they're not his sisters. Biological sisters. What? That's a family who took him in because his parents were just like complete screw ups oh and God. didn't really want to do with him. I had no and idea. And then he still tried to help them at times, okay. but they saw it as that he wasn't helping enough, so Such tried to sue him. Oh God. Yeah, so you can kind of understand the loyalty side so, of his head. Right. Like, so basically, stuff. it's a deep seated psychological issue that you can't trust anyone yeah. and he doesn't accept anyone that tries to help him or tries to befriend him. Yeah. And there's obviously been things that have caused him to do that but like i mean come on how it... he's just a bit of a he's just a not a nice guy <laughs> it's really... not possible to like him <laughs> which that... is a... ironic considering what we're going to go and talk about later on yeah um because of this I- i'm not 100 sure that same punk is all in <laughs> i'm not convinced he's all in either <laughs> yeah but i mean the funny thing the funny the, what it may what amused me after was i saw this and i thought i was oh that's bad and then i was like he's gonna have to make money somehow he's gonna have to find a way to make money now yeah right now he ain't gonna want to make money but in april maybe he'll be ready to make money mm. now I read, you know, again, you don't know what you to believe. I read Ring of Honor reached out to him. I read that he said he's no in- not interested in doing pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And yet, with Ariel Hawani, he was like, well, no one's made me a serious offer. So, when someone makes a serious offer, well, why do you say that? Just say you're not interested completely. Maybe he wants $1.1 million. Well, yeah. Well, so then he gets 100 $1. grand for the appearance. $1.1 And then he goes, Ikebana, never speak to me again. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah, Ring of Honor, you have to fire your commentator. <laughs> Sorry. Unlucky. I think this really... I know this is sound bizarre logic. This makes me think he will come back to wrestling now. Not soon, but because he's going to need to pay for... And he, he's not doing anything else. He's not... His comic books didn't sell. Is UFC career has been a flop. No, he's but made a lot of money, but he he's did, been a he flop. He did write the Drax Destroyer comics before Guardians really took off. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but like, but no one bought a Drax Destroyer copy. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, nothing wrong with that, but nobody, nobody's buying the Drax. Speaking of which, uh, Dave Batista, by the way, uh, what a guy. Oh, I, I saw his thing about his last day in WBA. Yeah. Have you seen that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, uh, so he broke his back against John Cena and then he wasn't even given a thank you as he walked out of the building the last day because they didn't think he he was actually gone <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> they messed that one up so badly yeah like, and that so, thing so is badly. the john cena one was before that was the previous time oh, he yeah. could, so he's been back since <laughs> like oh man they messed up so badly twice and yeah they, again there's another one that if if he carries on with his if he quits he, again he's gonna need to make money somehow <laughs> Anyway, the moral of the story is that even when Vince loses, he wins. of course, Vince, legally speaking, I can't say that Vince was involved with the case because he wasn't. <clears throat> he definitely didn't fund the random doctor. He definitely did. There's no proof to say that, and we have no reason to believe that. But yeah, even when Vince loses. 
I stopped he... to a man being anywhere near television since uh, all that happened. Because I have no idea. He said some pretty, like, you know, illegal things that he'd done in that case that make you think WWE might go, um, should we have this guy as our head doctor? <laughs> <laughs> he, he openly admitted to giving away patient information in WhatsApp group chats. Mm. <laughs> Tricky one. Right, well, anyway, we talked about CM Punk a little bit. He definitely relates to our topic for this week, which is, again, as we mentioned before, the Great American Bash of 2008. We're back to our 2008 Rewind for the second week in a row for the first time, and we're going to be carrying on with that after this. Before the renaissance of British wrestling. Before the revolution. Before the progress. There was one. One company who pushed the boundaries. One company on the lips of British wrestling fans. One of the most controversial companies in British wrestling history. One company bringing pro wrestling dream matches to the UK. The Royal Grumble brings to you the in-depth look at the company that brought them together. The company that brought eyes from around the world to a small town in the north of England. One PW, version 1, 2005 to 2007. Coming soon! Subscribe now. We do not owe you money. Welcome back. Welcome to Dose. Can you see by the dawns? Uh, I didn't know what the theme was of what the was Great the American Bash. What was the theme this time? Uh, I'll level you. It should I'm, tell you on here. I'm sure it does. I did hear it, but... Move to the music by American Bang. Yes, move to the music. Move, move. to the music. No, it's not that one. Move to the music. Yeah, move exactly. Move to the music. Move. It sounds like yeah. the Union Underground, but it's not. <laughs> move all the way to the music don't let the music start this is great content this is what people yeah tune into this wrestling based well, podcast for you you've rushed us back on air yeah because like literally we finished recording the first half seconds ago yeah well exactly <laughs> like I, I want a quick turnaround that's what i want we haven't been anywhere in between <laughs> quick turnaround that's that's my motto is get in get out i mean it's not my mo- no it's not it's not my motto no sorry Get, get in, in shake it and then about. come at no yeah all right look the great american bash 2008 off it, of it, new york but not new york but it is new york because that's our coliseum yeah. exactly cause it, it's, it's the place wcw used to run and say we're in their backyard yeah. kind of yeah literally backyard we're kids. in new york state <laughs> a bit like brooklyn is in new york state even though they don't mind being in brooklyn but they still refer to it as new york it's, city if it's one of the five boroughs you can get away with it exactly is it five boroughs no. I'm remembering my Beastie Boys, surely. Maybe. Five boroughs. Staten, Staten Island, Brooklyn, Manhattan. There's two others. Queens. Queens. And there's a fifth one. There's the Bronx. Definitely... Yeah, it'll be the Bronx. Nine yeah. Queens. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying words out loud. So, first match was a fatal four-way for the WWE Tag Team Championship. We got... Defending champions, The Miz and Morrison. 
Biscuits and Gravy. Biscuits and Gravy featuring Luke Gall. Sorry, not Luke Gallows. <laughs> it, it's hard to imagine they're the same bloke, really, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it really genuinely <laughs> is surprising. But uh, yes, they are. It's, uh, he, it, he looks so much older here, like yeah. in 2008. Now, admittedly, a lot of that I imagine is to do with hairstyle and hair dye. But the point is, he looks older then than he does now. Yeah, now he's got that bad bones look. And he's got Terry Gordy's son with him. What are you laughing at? That's Terry Gordy's son. son. (laughs) hard to remember, but it is Terry Gordy's son. Yeah. I always used to confuse me because I was like, Terry Gordy was massive. You're small. How are you the the small one? Midget man. Well, yeah, well, speaking (laughs) of midget man, yeah. (laughs) Finley and Hornswoggle receiving the second tag title shot in as many months. Yeah, we can't get enough of uh, Finley and Hornswoggle. Always amazes me. I've, me. I've definitely mentioned this before. How just the difference in music makes Finley's smile on the beginning of his entrance video seem less sinister. Yeah. Because originally it was like, ah, I like to beat people up. But now yeah. it's, oh yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, it was previously accompanied by, my name is Finley and I love to fight. <laughs> And then Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley called him a bastard. Oh, dear. That was a good feud. Genuinely, it was a really good feud. I mean, not so much when Bobby Lashley spoke, but sorry, Bobby Lindsay. It, his promos were so good, it, eleva- it elevated his liver enzymes. Yeah, exactly. Leading that. to a heel versus heel match no one knew what to make of. Yeah, that was, that was so odd, that wasn't it? Yeah. Finley against Regal. It's like, the whole pop was for Teddy Long announcing it. That was it. The pop was... Hey, you're going to have to defend your title anyway, player, against Regal. And everyone's like, yeah. And then during the match, they're like, okay, who do we cheer now? I assume yeah. it was probably Finley. Whereas nowadays, if that match got announced on the show, people are going mental for it. Well, people are going mental anyway, because I remember the rumor was throughout the day that that was going to happen. Mm. That's also the same show where the first uh, Punjabi prison match featuring Big Show and Undertaker takes place. <laughs> oh, I remember. So, uh, our favorite people... Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder round this four out. The Edgeheads. <laughs> Except they're not the Edgeheads, yeah. but they're the Edgeheads. Yeah. Remember they how really they do uh... look alike? What? What? They really do look alike. Well, they were yeah. the major brothers. Yeah. I mean, remember, they debuted on ECW. They were, they were a jobber team, weren't they? And they beat somebody. I can't remember who the team was, but they beat someone decent. But they're the, uh, they were the major brothers. And then, like, they did this weird thing where Edge was like, Edge brought the major brothers in to be, like, they imitated him. They dressed up as him. Yeah. And got attacked by, I'm going to say, Batista in a match. Sounds right. And then after that show, he was like, um, you guys aren't really brothers, are you? And they're like, no, we've, we lied to get into And he's like, well, you're now Kurt Hawkins and you're now Zack Ryder. I also don't think during any point he mentioned, by the way, I also used to have a fake brother. So <laughs> let's just do that now. The fake brothers coalition. Um, I'm just... Uh... I'm receiving messages. Okay. So um, I post a video, but it's a G1 spoiler. I've told them to go ahead. It's because I said yesterday, if anyone posts a G1 spoiler today, I will go mental. Uh, I was going to post something a lot more violent, but I think I eventually settled on, I will break. Um, Yeah, I think just avoid the violence altogether. Yeah, because Aiden posted a bunch of G1 spoilers on one of the days. Hi, Aiden. Yeah, friend of the show, Aiden. Yes, official friend of the show. So anyway, Hawkins and Ryder win the titles here. Yeah. Yep. To gather all the gold, except not. Yeah. Because Chavo Guerrero never won the US title, and Edge, well, we'll see Edge later on, won't we? La Familia. 
La Familia. I think actually La Familia might have broken up or something due well, to. Well, it's in it's it's in disarray at the moment because Edge got off with Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox. I told you she would come back up. Yeah, we'll talk about that more later. Yes, that's that's quite the angle. Ain't no stopping me now. No. Give it to you. Ain't no that is the gold standard, baby. Yeah. You how can you tell that it's the gold standard? Because his his hair's gold. Because he's dyed his hair and gold. And his gear's gold. And his gear's gold. And they say gold standard. And his intro is gold. And he says gold a lot. It's a bit like gold dust, but without the you know ambiguous sexuality. Yeah. And also he's a black man. <laughs> but apart from that, a bit like gold dust. Basically the same. <laughs> it's like Booker T and Goldust combined. A little bit. Yeah. Except not at all. And with yeah. none of the charisma. Yeah. Uh, so it's against is... Matt Hardy, yeah. who is creeping into transforming into his well-known character, Fat Lardy. Yes, he is. Uh, it's that little beard. It's the, it's the tiny, like... The line. The, the pencil the, line beard. The, like, any any sort of new metal band in 2001 beard. Yeah, but if you've got even the slightest bit of a double chin, it makes it look worse, which is why I don't shave that high up. It accentuates the double, doesn't it? Yeah. So Fat Lardy is on ECW now off of the draft. So this is him. This is basically him losing the US title so he can go after the ECW title instead yeah. and be the main face of ECW. That's right. In 2008, Matt Hardy was the main face of ECW. Speaking of the main face of ECW, uh, well, actually, we should, yeah, so he loses Charlton Benjamin wins. Tommy Dreamer is the ECW Championship challenger here against Big Mizark Mark Henry. Putting his career on the line. No, but yes. Yeah. Like, Mike Adamley mentions it, but no one else talks about it. So yeah, I think it was like, no, Mike, you've got the wrong end of the stick. He does, put his, he does do that later next year. But at the moment, no. That's yeah. not really what's happening. Mike Adamley's just having a bit of an Adamley original. And uh, Tommy Dream is here with Colin Delaney. Colin Delaney. Who, Colin Delaney, right? For those of you who may not be aware of this, Colin Delaney is James Ellsworth. Ten years That's ago. it. He's James Ellsworth. Ten years ago, and he was from Chikara. He was one of the Olsen twins. Yeah. But not those Olsen twins. I'm trying to f- remember the name of the group that he was in after his WWE run. Was it... S- Stigma? He was with Vinger. Oh, Unstable. Unstable. The Unstable, yeah. Vingerard and Stigma, who was Shane Storm. Yes. And to get heat, he would use John Cena's moveset. Yeah. Yeah. He had a very short lived run on ECW, but he was only supposed to be a one week jobber. And much like James Ellsworth, they enjoyed something about him, so they brought him back for a bit to get him paggered. There's one I remember very specifically where he's having a match with Big Show (laughs) and. He sort of turns around to leave and Big Show just sort of steps in front of him. And it's just the way he sort of looks up with sad, like, droopy poppy dog eyes just looking up. And Big Show goes, look, sorry, mate, but you're in my way. And then smashes him. <laughs> but anyway, Tommy Dreamer helped him get a contract. Yeah. So how did he reward that? Turned on him. By turning on him because Swerve, exactly the same, <laughs> te- you know, nine years later as James Ellsworth turned on Dean Ambrose. It's literally the same angle. Yep. Even with like the hardcore guy against the champion. Yeah. By the way, listeners. Even in this case, Mark Henry has a second. Although in this case, it's not. um, It's Tony Atlas, but he's too busy looking at the uh, Clark's catalogue. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If you think we're not putting much enthusiasm into these first few matches, we're putting in more enthusiasm than the commentators do for the first few matches. Yeah, they're really not bothered, are they? Yeah. Plus, this is our first post-draft commentator switch, is it? Or the second... 
See, I know Mick Foley's still on Might commentary. Be the second, Mick yeah. Foley's got to be gone soon. He won't be far off, yeah. I, I can't remember him lasting this long. He didn't last. He lasted longer than you might think, but he didn't last very long, did he? Yeah, because he got. And he went to TNA to be a world about, champion. Yeah, he got upset about Vince shouting in his ear all the time. Oh, don't tell me off, Vince. Oh, don't. And then, then I'm going to go to TNA. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. What's I'll go TNA? to TNA. And then he comes back and's like, "Hello, Mister McMahon. What are you calling me there for? I don't feel like I've earned the right to call you Vince again yet." Mick Foley, <laughs> wet sausage. Oh dear. Ah, oh, he's just—he's a wet towel, isn't he? He's a wet something. Basically, he's wet. It's just ironically, considering he doesn't look like he ever has any sort of shower. So, yeah, that's the irony of Mick Foley. So the let's ne- get on to real action. Yeah, let's go to the real action. <laughs> the next match. This is the whole reason we're doing this whole year <laughs> for Daryl. But unlucky, mate, you don't get to talk about this first one. This Shawn Michaels against Chris Jericho match. Unlucky, pal. Now, oh, what did we crocker. discover, or ra- rather, in research, what did we? On uh, basically, this is the last uh, TV fourteen WWE show yeah. before they make the jump to PG before they make the official jump and i mean this match really sort of takes advantage of that yeah uh, i think somebody told them beforehand look monday we're on pg so anything <laughs> you want if you want to get it out of your system do it now <laughs> okay yeah and obviously Shawn michaels took that quite literally by um bloodletting bleeding like a stuck pig yeah and Shawn michaels I, i'm sure he realizes this but it made him look ten times older when he did this because you could see how thin all his hair was. Wasn't this around the time that they kept photoshopping his hair on WWE.com? Yeah, like Baron Corbin. Yeah, yeah. that's another redone storyline. That's not a storyline. Yeah, well, it's not. Yeah, so much as it is just photoshopping hair. Yeah, because they need to get him some hair in a can. <laughs> that's what he needs. Baron Corbin just needs hair in a can, but over his face, so I don't have to see his face. Well, he likes wolves, so he can be a wolf boy. A wolf. It's a new gimmick. No, he doesn't like wolves anymore. Like shirts and trousers. He's a constable. He is a constable. <laughs> you thought I Constable <laughs> Corbin, that's what his name is. I don't know what you're laughing at. That's his name. Anyway, this is a pretty good match, isn't it? Yeah, so... Chris Jericho's morphing into that sort of Nick Bockwinkle-type super serious character. Yeah, where he's not selling... Mer- he's not down to the short tights yet. That's still a few... A bit away, isn't it? Is he not down to the short tights? You'd think I'd remember. No, he wore the long tights for this match. Yep, that's what Cause I, I'm. It's one of the things... Mick Foley on commentary in the long tights, so the things I'm waiting to disappear. He's still got... Well, I noticed the stubble, and he's still got the flick top hair yeah. rather than the Gordon Ramsay hair. It's a subtle difference, but it is there. Yeah, so this is a quite decent match. It's built on Jericho the Jericho looks massive, by the way. Not tall, yeah, but he, like... He does look stocky. He's quite inflated, I'd say. Yeah, it's... Because he hasn't had that chest cave in yet. So they do a really good job of telling the story that it's Jericho is jealous of Shawn Michaels because he sees himself to be like the modern version of Shawn Michaels, but will never reach the heights. Whereas Jericho's insisting that Shawn Michaels is a cheater, which he is. Yeah, that's the funny thing about <laughs> yeah. it. Is Shawn Michaels is a cheater. Jericho isn't wrong in anything he's doing, and that's I, what makes it good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he should probably be like smacking people through tellies, though. Yeah, but then but apart from that. It's a really great match, and then the turning point is when Shawn Michaels gets a shot to the eye. He's got the injured eye still from the previous month. Yeah. And the moment... It's canon. The moment when Jericho sees that he's bleeding from the eye, and everything suddenly switches into, I'm going to punish him on that spot as many times as I can until the referee stops it. What I like most about it is that they, uh, he starts to bleed from the eye, and Jericho's turned away at the time, yeah. so he doesn't notice straight away. 
and then he attacks him again. And then, like you say, there's that moment where he clearly notices yeah, it. It was great production work. It was excellent. Catch yeah. it all. I mean, Jer- you literally see Jericho go, oh. <laughs> this whole feud is great production work, to be fair. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff. Has Jericho did... punched his wife yet? No, no. That's <laughs> that, that. Well, we've still got another show. Yeah. Like, you know, it's SummerSlam, like, next week. Well, that that's that's going to be relevant for the week after, presumably, when we do. <laughs> Maybe next week we should do it. Oh, God, are we going to do yeah, it? I yeah, I think we'll have to do three in a row. We are going to have to do three in a row, yeah. aren't we? Oh, well, I, you guys can do it. I'll be taking summer to a very extreme um, manner. I'll be, like, burning in the actual sun. So. <laughs> I won't literally be burning in the sun. I, 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 only you can prevent forest fires. Right. Uh, yeah, so Jer- Jericho gets the match stopped by smacking Sean about a lot. Yeah, technical stoppage, which, and it worked really well. It, yeah. it was an absolutely brilliant match, followed by Michelle McCool versus Natalia. Right. Natalia's ring gear. Uh, well, let's uh, let's let's get it. Rest the fashions. Yeah, Natalia's ring gear makes it. It's look not like, just you that can demand that, Daryl. Yeah, uh, her ring gear makes it look like she's had a wardrobe malfunction. Right, it's really strange. Right, her her hair. What's going on there? Right. Yeah, we turned to E Network because we talked about Total Bellas earlier, aren't we? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a ring gear is really strange. I, I don't remember now. it. There you go. I didn't remember it clearly. And Michelle McCall is a baby face. Just, uh, it's so uh, weird, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Especially since the theme. Like, a theme's weird because it starts off, you're not enough for me. It's like, hmm. oh, yeah, I'd cheer for you. Yeah, you already told me I'm not good enough. You weird, odd to take a woman. <laughs> Michelle McCall, right? I remember all. She had a real habit of just, like, doing loads of indie moves. Don't you think? Like, she used to, like, she did the Angel's Wings for a bit. She did the Styles Clash. She's doing heel hooks here. I think Michelle McCall, like, used to just, like, go, good wrestling moves on YouTube. Click. Oh, that's a good one. I'll do that. Just her remote broke on Spike TV in the mid to late 2000s. Yeah. And so when she got, she'd get in from working out or whatever or from a house show and Spike TV's on, she's watching Ultimate Fighter and she's watching um, Impact and I don't know what else is on Spike TV. Yeah, and then she 1,001 gets, Ways to Die. Then she gets a phone call from upstairs. Hey, uh, the dead man's walking again. <laughs> I'm rising up from the dead. <laughs> is that another sponsorship we can get into? Yes, definitely, yeah. <laughs> what, Tombstones? No. Uh, Spike TV? Oh, you haven't been listening to some of the shows where they're sponsored by Blue Chew, have you? No, I haven't. Oh, yeah, you don't, you don't want to hear Eric Bischoff. No, I'm Blue all right. Chew. I don't want to hear Eric Bischoff. You're right. You didn't need to complete that <laughs> sentence. This match wasn't actually that bad, to be fair, for like a four or five minute match. It was all right. It was fine. Just fine. Nothing more than fine. I will point out that um, in terms of old women's matches, I, when I went to watch this show... On the side screen, on the hidden gems, they've just added a Lioness Asuka versus Alundra Blaze match from an episode of Raw where the production issues meant they couldn't show it live on TV. Oh. And it's quite a good match. <laughs> you know what we didn't mention, actually, earlier on? Speaking of an episode of Raw and women on Raw, Renee Young's on Raw this week. She's commentating on Raw. Yeah, because I guess his coachman got a court case or something. No, coaches in Madden. Oh, yeah, no. Coaches in Madden NFL 19. So I'm after wearing when I download it on EA Access next year. Yes, you are, yeah. <laughs> when you download it 20, 20 minutes before Madden 20 goes on sale. <laughs> no, Coach is not. I don't know if that's what he's doing next week, but he's on Madden. I didn't know that. I can't believe it. Even calling Coach and everything. But anyway, Renee Young is filling in for Coach, and her and 
Beth Phoenix are currently commentating on the Mae Young Classic. Yes, which I was going to avoid spoilers on, but then I saw spoilers, so... Well... We're not going to give them away on no, the show. No, one though. spoiler was particularly difficult to avoid, though, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a reasonable women's match. It's yeah. not terrible. It's not amazing. I quite like some of the submission psychology, but it's nothing, really. It's quite quick, isn't it? Yeah. Um, sorry, just on the Mae Young Classic as well. You might have heard my ringtone earlier. No. Um, oh well, it is Miko Satamora's entrance music. <laughs> oh. So yeah, I still have. I don't have a ring as my ringtone. Do you think a weird thing, by the way? So this is a. We've not even mentioned this. It's the first Divas Championship match, right? Yeah. Why is this now and not last month? Because last month was Night of Champions. You know, you'd have thought every championship will be defended would have been a perfect time to crown a championship, wouldn't you? You'd have thought that, but it's then. It's weird, isn't it? Do you think they just didn't have it ready? They had the other women's title match. In yeah. this spot between like big matches, didn't they? They did. It was the come down before the New York City parking lot brawl. No, no, oh, no, no. Oh, you're no. forgetting. You're forgetting, just like everyone forgets, that CM Punk was the world heavyweight champion at this point. <laughs> he's not even in the co-main event. No, he's not even in there. No, but he is facing a proper star in Batista. Yeah. Now, do you know, I remember. I I, I must have misremembered this match in my head. I was because obviously I was a super punk fan at the time. Mm. Uh, I did, by the way, for an extra little bit of research, go and watch what I think is one of my favourite episodes of Raw, the episode shortly after the previous pay per view where CM Punk wins the title, which is a great. It's yeah. great two hours of television. It's fantastic. So it starts off, Edge comes out. He's like, "Unlucky, you'll never see this title on Raw again." Bye. Batista comes around, packs him around. Punk cashes in the money in the bank and becomes the world champion, which brings the title back to Raw. Then JBL challenges him for a match, and Punk's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll have a match with you later on. Then, I mean, it's, it flows through the whole story, which is the whole uh, show, which is why I enjoy it so much. Cena comes out and says, um, I I don't see why JBL deserves a shot. I think I should have a shot. I think you'd rather see John Cena against CM Punk. And he puts over Punk, and he's like, I want a shot as well. I want to have the opportunity for the title. JBL comes out and says, you're not going to ruin my title match. Here's my private security. Get out of the building. They kick Cena out of the building. So the main event is CM Punk against JBL. We know JBL's got private security, so it's stacked against CM Punk. So we're rooting for him. This guy was his first night on Raw. And during that match, John Cena and crime time for no discernible oh, reason. yeah. Right? But I remember at the time being thinking, oh, that's actually quite cool because they like have some kind of connection and they're sort of tough thug roots they like rap music <laughs> yes that's it that's their connection um and they come out and take out jbl's um security punk beats jbl clean and then punk dives onto the security to end the show it's a great two hours of television they put him over better in that one show than they do the rest of his entire title reign a little bit yeah but a little bit this match again um I mean, they're basically making him look like a bit of a loser against Batista all the way through yeah. from that. But this match, actually, I didn't remember this match being as relatively even as I thought it was. I think it's because at the time, like I was the same as you, massive CM Punk fan. Yeah. And we were like, well, Punk's a champion. Why aren't you putting him over like a champion? Like I getting out, you know, nerd rage. There's definitely an now. element of that, yeah. But this match actually is really quite good. Yeah, it was It decent. tells a really good story of Batista is more powerful, is stronger. Punk is quicker and ha- is more agile. He uses his martial arts. <laughs> Sorry. Just remember that CM Punk is a legit MMA art. Uh, uh, no, mixed martial artist. So is Batista. 
Yeah, that's right. Which one? Which one won their uh, MMA fight? I mean, there's a difference. Batista Not the point. Fought, Batista fought in a casino in Answer Florida my question. somewhere. <laughs> Answer my question. Against a 45 which year old one? fat bloke. Answer my question. Which one has oh, more yeah, wins like, in MMA? Yeah, because Batista's smart enough to know he's level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, to be fair, CM Punk knew his level eventually. It was journalists. I mean, it wasn't the level he could win at, but it I, was his level. I thought you were going to say his level was on the canvas. <laughs> oh, no, th- that is his level, yeah. Or the doctor's table getting stitched up. That's his level, spirit level. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the um, the match is actually really good. I really enjoyed the match. It, it was pretty decent. And then Kane comes down with a weird bag. Oh, yeah, his bag. Right. He hits Batista, <laughs> causing the ref to ring the bell. Yeah. He then hits Punk paggers punk a bit and i don't i don't think he knocks batista around that so that causing the referee to cut to declare a double dq protect champ in it but like it doesn't because yeah, I know. <laughs> like but but is he alive or is he dead who that's what kane kept saying oh is that what you're yeah, saying? saying right i didn't is hear he alive him. or is he dead oh okay which is kind of like it it instantly brought me back to the is it past or is it future from Twin Peaks, which was a big Fred in season three? I just wondered what was in his bag. I think it's the mask. Is that what it is? I thought it was going to be his little hook from See No Evil. No, because that's a big hook. It'd be bigger than that. Uh, yeah, but you could you could roll the chain up. Yeah, I, I think it's his mask. All oh, right, okay. I think, does this ultimately... No, it can't lead onto that, because that's like... Well, that's the thing. Like, If it's alive or dead, it doesn't lead to The Undertaker, surely, because... Undertaker comes back to feud with Edge because he's not yeah. dead. He's not been killed. He's just been sacked. I don't remember exactly where that leads to. I, so. I think we could probably guess where it leads to, to be honest. He do not put his mask back on for a few years. Well, no, but where does it usually lead to with these sort of things? That's right. It leads to nothing. And Gallows has nowhere. already done fake Kane, hasn't he? Yeah. At this point. He did that before Festus. Yep. Yeah, because we get straight edge society soon. Yeah, we do. Next year. He goes into a feud with Rey Mysterio, Kane. That's what happens after this. Oh, yeah, because he, he wants Ray's mask. So, like I say, it's just it's dropped. It's just loves a mask, does Kane. Drop. Well, obviously. He loves a mask in a Republican a Republican nomination. Uh, he does, although he isn't he technically a libertarian. But he... I think he did it on yeah, behalf he, of... He's the mayor. Let's not forget, by the way. Kane is the mayor. Kane is the mayor of Knox County. I wish we could play that advert. I know. We got know. flagged last time we did it. Devastating. It's so low in the background. But he's... He's basically he's he's on his way back, isn't he? He's sorry, he's he's got to retire, hasn't he? You'd think so. No, I think he actually does. Like literally, I think he's not allowed to. Like, I mean, Jesse Ventura was involved. Jesse Ventura, minty mouth toothpaste, <laughs> Halliburton orchestrated the B, the BP oil spill. Area fifty one. I'm Jesse Ventura. Oh, what film did I watch with Jesse Ventura in recently? I don't remember. Karen. If it wasn't Predator, then no one cares. That's it. He's, he's got some... He was in Jose Chunks from Outer Space episode of The X-Files. As a right, but it's black. not a film, is it? Yeah, but that is one of the best episodes of The X-Files. Yeah, it's it not a film, though, is amazing. But tell you what is amazing is the New York City parking lot brawl. Yeah. With no commentary until they come out to the ring area. Yeah. What is this? I forgot how JBL tried to make John Cena dead. Yeah, so he tried to kill him in the build-up to this by trying to knock him out, put him next to a car, and then ram his car into his head full whack. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, like, that, that whole episode of Raw 
leads into this angle, which is the infamous JBL is poopy angle. Oh, yeah. Where J- uh, John Cena writes that in uh, spray paint on JBL's car. We're at crime time in all of this. They've they've really benefited from that association with John Cena. So, um, yeah, in this match, John Cena try. Uh, John Cena only gets murdered. In they fact, really say he does get loosely. he does get murdered at one point, doesn't he? Well, because I can't feel like he, he got set on fire. Did he? He was he was in the car that got set on fire. I must not have been paying proper attention to that point. You, you what I do the part remember where he set a car on fire. With you John missed Cena the part it. where John Cena is Batman because John Cena is Batman. <laughs> Because there's a whole bit where JBL comes out and he's like, hey, Cena, where are you? Where are you? It's basically that scene from Batman Begins where Batman takes all the people out. It's that. <laughs> but John Cena's in the car. And I, then he hits the car. He does try to do some murders himself. I, I've, sorry, just to go back on Jesse Ventura, I found out which film it was that he popped up in. Okay. I watched Demolition Man recently. I'd Jesse seen, Ventura's in that? Yeah, he's one of the thugs that he defrosts later, like in the third act. Oh. Yeah, um, he, he's in there as like Thug Two or something like that. Ah, Thug Two. But yeah, he does have it's a spoken thing. He's just never given a name on screen. A classy role. Yeah. So yeah, J- John Cena and JBL try to do murders on each other, or whilst doing little punch kick fights in between. Yeah. Right. I remembered this match as being a lot more fun than it was. It I, was not I kind fun. Of it was it. just sort of weird. Yeah. The. I was wondering whether it was but not like taped. Well, but then. It, of, but actually, it could have been pre-taped. I think a lot of it was yeah. pre-taped. And they tried to shoot it as much like it was live as possible, which is why. I think why. so. Well, there was no commentary until they came out to the ringside area as well, which is strange. Yeah. And then John C- John Cena must have like licenses for several different vehicles because he's driving the car, he's trying to kill JBL with cars, and then he's got a forklift. <laughs> he tries to stab JBL with a forklift. I mean, and then he brings JBL in a car in the forklift. I mean, we could tweet John Cena now and ask if he has a HGV license. I think we could. Yeah, you're right. Sh- should we do it? Yeah, I'm going to do that uh, right now. Do it off the Royal Grumble account so people can see it. I certainly will. Uh, just in case he has got a HGV license. is it, it? I'm guessing it's called a HGV license in America too. Uh, I hope it's not so he doesn't understand what we're doing. Okay. Um, that's a new segment we should start doing, tweeting people asking questions about pay-per-views 10 years ago. Yeah, we definitely should do that, but it's now taking up my concentration. So okay, I'll, I'll keep talking. So yeah, this match was it was strange, and th- I had that thought about. So you've packed all these cars in a circle. Why did you leave the keys in them? I mean, one or two of the cars do have deflated tires. I noticed that because I, I got really deep in this rabbit hole of looking for stuff. Um, so why would they leave the keys in some of the cars so people could drive into each other? Because I know you set up the match because it's no holds barred and it's a it's a parking lot brawl. Don't leave the keys in the car. It's just asking for trouble. I just realised I can actually double the reference and say, do you have your forklift driver's license? <laughs> uh, Does he have his license? Does he? Has he passed his test? He gives the tests. <laughs> Make sure you hashtag it like Great American Bash 2008 or something yep. just so he knows the reference. And he'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, I did, I, I did, I did a quick taster test like... It's like when I got my license for, to use the rider at Morrison's. I literally just like tried it one day and like, oh, yeah, you can use it now. Oh, good stuff. Good test. Uh, um, I got to do the bailer at Summerfield and they went out of business. I'm not saying the two were linked, but... <laughs> you bailed all the money? No. That'd I bailed cool. all the cardboard. Yeah. If you have money in it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, they eventually brawled to the ringside area, but don't go towards the ring. They stay on the entranceway where John Cena... Goes to hit a five knuckle shuffle on JBL on the 
know he does hit right. the five knuckle yeah, shuffle. Yeah, he, he hits it. But that's a weird move to do because there's no benefit to doing it on a harder surface. It's one of those like the RKO. There's no benefit to doing it on a table or something because you're going to take the brunt of the well, impact. I mean, and you could see afterwards he was limping the rest of the match because he, he banged his hip. Bit, yeah. Could you say that the benefit was that um, he, he couldn't, he didn't have to walk all the way down to the ring to do it? That's the benefit. Yeah. Anyway, you get, so he's going to he's going to f you, and they do say f you. Yeah, it can't be far off the attitude adjustment, surely. It's it, it must be soon. Yeah. Well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? So he's going to do that through on JBL through the car bonnet or whatever, but then JBL just lobs him through the car bonnet or the windshield and just pins him on the car. And this gets quite bloody as well. Yeah, I don't think they expect because they're supposed to be shot like. They shatter, but they they're supposed to have film on either side, so the glass doesn't go all over the place. Yeah, I, I'm guessing if you throw actually throw a person into one, it doesn't work like that. Well, it doesn't seem to anyway. No, not from this John Cena looked a bit banged up at the end. Yeah, but his was, arm especially. It was just a strange match, wasn't it? It had a weird feeling to it. I think it had been better earlier on in the card. It probably would have, but I, I'm sure they also would have thought, no, you can't put John Cena that early on in the card. So that's yeah. probably why big match, John. Big match, John. I you just, think as JBL were like trying to set him on fire, he's going, Big match, John. Do you think. Big match, John. More to the point, and I haven't bothered to research it. Do you think this JBL and John Cena feud continues? Maybe till SummerSlam. Oh, I hope not. It probably does, though, doesn't it? It probably yeah. does. Cena's got to be back in title pitcher soon, because where. Well, he was in the title pitcher last month, though. Yeah. Like, the, he had the match with Triple H. Th- far enough away. Yeah. But I'm just trying, I'm trying to think of the timeline. Maybe it's two or three months away till he's back in title picture. Might be. Does he get injured around this time or something? No, because he came back at this Royal Rumble, didn't he, from his injury? With this Royal Rumble? Uh, no. I can't remember Royal Rumble. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. It, yeah, it was this Royal Rumble where he made his return. So yes, I don't it think was. he gets injured again this no, but, year. Uh, I don't know. I'm only going by, uh, like, I'm literally going by the part of my mind that goes. Well, I know what happens to the World Heavyweight Championship after this. And I know he's, he doesn't win that. So, I I think he must get injured around this time, surely. Uh, I think he gets injured somehow. Keep going. Um, I'm going to have a quick... Well, anyway, the main event... Um, we talked about Triple H a minute ago. The main event is Triple H versus Edge. With the added backstory of Edge has had it away with Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox! Uh, whilst he's getting married to Vicky Guerrero, and Triple H is like, "Hey, look at this! You've had it away with Alicia Fox." Way <laughs> anyway, bye. Now this is the only champ. This is the only match they ever have. Really? After- no, right. This is the only oh. match those t- singles match those two have singles match after both of them have become world champions. Huh? It's this match and no others. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I remember at the time. Obviously, this is. Edge wanted to be on SmackDown, from what I read. This is again very sort of you know inside because he wanted to stay away from Triple H, and then they put Triple H on SmackDown, which no one saw coming because Triple H was always ah well Triple H wants to be on Raw because they did that fake out one. He didn't want to work Tuesdays. Basically, yeah, and then he did eventually have to work Tuesdays because they were moving on to my network TV. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's why Triple H was on, uh, uh, Tuesday nights. That's why he was on SmackDown. Um, because they were trying to get the My Network TV thing over. So this is the only match those two ever have whilst they are both ex-world champions. And I think it's because, partly because they both work very well as heels. Mm. So, uh, But also because, like I say, the um, 
they just seem like two characters that sort of contradict each other you would have expected this with edge being the biggest heel on smackdown and triple h being the biggest face at this point to be their program as they go through the summer but they have this one match and that's it it is strange like i'm kind of glad knowing where the edge one's going because i think it's coming up to my favorite like this is my favorite part of edge and the other thing i've mentioned this before going through these shows at the time i never saw edge as a main eventer he just didn't feel like a main eventer to me whereas going back now he was the man he was brilliant (laughs) yeah i i had that feeling about him to begin with but i i sort of warmed to him very quickly Mm. to be honest as soon as as soon as he won that first one using the money in the bank i remember just being apoplectic that he lost it in the royal rumble (laughs) and being like this guy deserves to be up there so yeah this match this match is all right um it's focused more kind of on the shenanigans around it well this is why i don't think they necessarily have any more matches because it just there must be something about i don't know if triple h particularly rated edge to be honest yeah, they don't really gel as well as you think they would no like i say i don't think he rated him and i don't think edge wanted to work with triple h yeah i don't mean to get particularly insider on this but that's how it comes across to me and so as a result it's a decent match you know it's face and heel and all that but it's just yeah there's the heat is more focused on what's going on outside. I mean, isn't it? I will say this, and Daryl will be happy. We get some wrestling figure talk in here. Uh, back in the day, I had two Edge figures. Um, I meant to. I was supposed to get a Triple H figure, and instead, I was bought a second Edge figure, the exact same one. So yeah. I crudely used Tipex yes. to color in his tights, as and then just drew three H's on it, Love and it. he suddenly became Triple H because the Triple H and Edge figures to me looked exactly the same anyway. Yeah. Oh. All right, racist. What? Just because they're <laughs> blonde hair, blue eyes, they look the same. Are they both well, blue it, eyes? I don't know. It was back in the like nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine. It would have been when Triple H was still skinny before he uh, was accused of going on the gas by every other wrestler. Nice. Yeah. See, I, I worked around that one really well. You did. Was accused of. Well done. You, yeah. You, you picked that before we released that book. We all with H face in it. Allegedly. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it didn't gel really well. Um, the big part of the match involves Vicky Guerrero being involved, Alicia Fox coming down. Yeah, Alicia Fox comes down first. Yeah. To pass Edge the title, at which point Vicky Guerrero comes down to attack Alicia Fox, mm. and then that causes Triple H to win because Edge goes for the spear. Triple H moves out of the way and he accidentally spears Vicky Guerrero. Yep. Um, and he's kind of in shock at what he's just done, and Triple H like takes advantage of it and wins yeah it's it's a very odd sort of mini feud that like i say it's it's the top face and the top hill on smackdown and it goes nowhere from this yeah but then I, the only reason i'm happy about it is because vicky guerrero makes the match for summer yes, slam she does yes that I, I love this i can't wait to watch this match again i hope it holds up as well as it does in my memory <laughs> well i hope it holds up as well as it does in your memory but yes summer slam is next and we are going to be talking about the uh the undertaker versus edge at SummerSlam, the return of the undertaker as is um implemented by vicky guerrero and i believe we will be doing that next week but final thoughts on this um on this show it wasn't a bad show it, it like the last two matches were kind of weird in different ways but the show flowed all right and it, it passed an evening off passed it that is, yeah. I mean, that I is mean, high that, praise. That's better than most WWE pay-per-views now. Well, that's most WWE pay-per-views, they take an evening away. Yep. This one passes through the evening well. Well, that yeah, there is there is an element of that, yes. Yeah. 
Um, do you know what we're else we're heading towards, though, Dan, at this point? Joey Janela lost in New York? No, That's no. That's coming up no, in two Dan, weeks. No, in 2008. 2008? Uh, yes. Do you know who's about to take over as the Raw general manager? It's Mike Adam Lee. It's Mike Adam Lee's <laughs> on his way. So... Who's going to be the first to forget that we're not supposed to make fun of Mike Adamley? Uh, well, we did that last week, so I think yeah, we're probably all of us. Yeah, I think I, I didn't make fun of him last week. <laughs> I, I, I want to point that one out. I was the one who pointed out. Didn't we say we're not making fun of him because it's come out recently yeah, that he has yeah. dementia? You, you were here though, so it's sort of your fault in yeah. a way. Well, this is back to the cock cabana CM Punk thing we talked about earlier. Yeah, uh, I'm sp- I'm I'm the cock cabana here, Anna. Yeah, no, you feel no, I'm not the CM Punk. Daryl's the CM Punk. You feel aggrieved that I'm not. Sticking you know what, you. right? If you're going to talk to me like this, I'm not going to come back for the next next week. I'm not coming back next week. That's it. I've decided. That's fine. You stick your show. You do your SummerSlam next week. I don't even care. Whatever. Fine. Right. Thanks for listening to the Royal Grumble. The only reason he's not storming out for comedic effect is because he doesn't trust me to do the plugs. That's literally why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget to go to facebook.com slash Royal Grumble. Don't forget to go to twitter.com slash Royal Grumble pod. Uh, find us on iTunes if you want. Uh <laughs> Please, by the way, um, resubscribe to us on Apple Podcasts because Apple Podcasts has like stripped everybody of all the subscriptions, and don't or find us on Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on all sorts of stuff. You'll be able to find. I think the only one we're not on is Google Podcasts because it keeps telling me that Google Podcasts is not available in my country yet, but it yeah. clearly is because I have Google Podcasts. Yeah, that makes it a little bit awkward, doesn't it? Yeah, the line. We're not keen of. We're not. Keen, take that Google, you you jerks. Also, I want to give a particular a quick shout out very, 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 very quickly to. Uh, I don't know if it's Steve ninety ooh or Steve ninety oh oh, but either way, Steve, thank you for your very, very kind review. Appreciate it very much. He likes our show. He gives it five stars. Thank you. Yeah. We also this is a little bit awkward, isn't it? We actually have a review from someone uh, whose name is Barry Chuckle. That's literally uh, that, that that presented without comment. You can read it there. Literally, the review is from a reviewer called Barry Chuckle. Okay, that I, I've seen the date on it. So. Yeah, so may <laughs> yeah, it, it was from September last year, but may <laughs> may Barry rest in peace. I assume. Anyway, that's it. Right, say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Daryl. No, you can't, because I kicked you off. There you go. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.